All right. Uh, the sixth episode of The Sports Villain. I'm joined here with Tim Cash and James O'Neill. Hey, welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for having guys. me. All right. Yeah, that's good to be here, buddy. All right. Good, good, good. We had a big wild card weekend for the 2019 NFL playoffs this last weekend. We're going to talk about what happened. Uh, pretty, pretty big weekend. Some gigantic games. Uh, Tim, you want to you want to kick it off for us? Yeah, well, uh, I was wrong about the Buffalo Houston game. I I will say that uh, we did do it at three points though, so that was a push on our little friendly bet. But um, yeah, uh, Buffalo Houston that really, it you know it was actually a great game. Yeah, that was the best game of the weekend, if you ask me. That was a great way to start it, man. It definitely had people on the edge of their seat for that. Well, me, especially. I have, no, I have no idea how Buffalo lost that game. They were the better team on the field the entire game. And then somehow they started playing conservative in the second half, and they weren't getting first downs. And I, I don't know what happened. It was, I think, conservative play calling or bad play calling, and conservative play lost them that game. So. I agree. And that botched sack that they should have had at the end of the game. Two guys oh. uh, unabated to the quarterback. Yeah. I, it was unbelievable. How do two guys miss one guy? So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sitting at the bar, and uh, the, 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 there's a one-second delay of the bar's TV, and – the TV in the main room. So I hear everybody cheer. I'm assuming they got the sack, <laughs> but the opposite was the case, man. He somehow fucking wiggled free and won the game there. But wow, that was, that was uh, unbelievable. It was even the overtime, even the overtime was just nerve wracking, watching it go back and forth, <laughs> back and forth. Um, you had no idea. Yeah. And the line, I was in Red Rock casino and I watched the line go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And uh, it, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we got a push uh, on uh, that. Uh, the Texans pulled it off, beat a very hungry and very good Buffalo Bills team by the skin of their teeth. Congratulations to Sean Watson. Um, not a lot more to say there other than hell of a game, hell of a performance. Josh Allen, uh, I think he did good. You could have done great, but you did very good. And uh, I commend the Buffalo Bills for their season. I thought he did great personally. I think, you know, I, I, I think that Josh Allen showed up. I He played his game. Um, I think the defense is what lost Buffalo this game. It definitely was not – the offense. So. Yes, but I, I think maybe then it was the play calling in the second half that lost them the game then because although Sean McDermott has done an incredible incredible job with that team, um, you got to get Josh Allen bootlegged and you got to get him on some play calls that stretch the receivers out of the, out of the uh, box and give him some chances to get some first downs with his legs. And you didn't really see that a lot in the second half. You know, or, I mean, there's a few times where he did use his legs, but he's fast, and he's big, and he's hard to take down. And him picking up one or two 
first downs in that second half could have been a real difference maker in that game. But, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I think that uh, Kansas City is going to have their hands full with him. And then he's going to have Will Fuller back uh, to stretch the field out. Well, that, I think that this is, is going to be a heck of a game. Maker. Will this Fuller is be a big really game. good. Agreed. He is a difference maker. So, um, next game is the, uh, the Titans-Patriots. Hell of a game. And there are people across the nation celebrating that the Patriots lost. It could have been the bad news bears that beat the Patriots. I don't think anybody cares. People hate the Patriots so much. People are literally in the streets celebrating the Patriots loss. I mean, I don't hate them like, like a lot of people do. I, I respect Tom Brady and I have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of love and respect for a, a team that just wins like they do. But it is nice to see a different team in the, uh, uh, going into the next round, though, what do you guys think? I com- I completely agree. Yeah, it's a love or hate thing with the Patriots. I honestly didn't think they were going to win. Uh, I can't remember uh, if I if I probably did take the Titans. I think they were a dog, but uh, I was surprised, like everybody else. But Henry, wow, he was he's he's all that. But I don't know if he's got what it takes uh, okay. next week. I think all three of us had the Tennessee with the points, and all three of us took the over. That's correct. And, and oh, the over, right, right. We and missed we that. All, we all missed the over, which it very could have easily went to twenty twenty if Tom Brady tied that game up. Well, true. Yes, yeah. If they had gotten into some overtime, that would have that would have pulled us out. But yeah, there was just too much defense. No, no points scored in the third quarter, and uh, you knew that bet was dead. Can we yeah. say you're looking up? Okay. Can we say Tennessee shut down Tom Brady in the second half and held him to one touchdown the entire game, guys? I mean, yeah, that, that is showing up. Tennessee absolutely whooped up on New England, regardless of the score. They whooped them. All right. Next up, we got the Vikings and the Saints on Sunday, uh, and that game really blew me away, guys. I had no idea the Saints were going to lose that game. I thought they were destined to get to the Super Bowl. Well, destiny does not care about touchdowns, apparently, because Kirk Cousins threw one and Dalvin Cook uh, put two in the end zone himself. Yeah, Tim, Cook, Cook was a stud. Wow. T- Tim, what's your take on that game? Uh, blown away. I thought for sure, I said in our last podcast, I see it being a 31-13 game. Both of you guys were wowing me, and both you guys you, you, you guys got it right, and I got it wrong. I, I saw this going in a different way. Drew Brees did not look good the entire game. I don't know what was going on. I, I just, they shut down Kamara. Uh, Brees had two turnovers all by himself. The uh, the and and they got fucked again on the pass interference in the end zone at the end. That should have been offensive pass interference. It should have been 15 yards back and it would have been a different outcome. But two years in a row, the Saints get fucked on a defensive pass interference or I'm sorry, not defensive, defensive and then an offensive. So I, I don't know, man. It's It's almost as if the Saints are plagued for some reason. I don't know what's going on. I'll tell you what, as much as uh, the fact that it 
it was an offensive pass interference. It was so – I mean, it's easy to look at it from, from now. I didn't realize it was until afterwards when everybody started, you know, deconstructing the game. But it was pretty damn sneaky. Uh, you know, Rudolph just pushed off perfectly. I mean, it was – it sucks. It totally sucks. I, I But got to admire how, how well he pulled it off and nobody really caught it until afterwards, you know. But I hate to see games decided by, by flags, so I don't know. I don't know. Well, I just want to know, how come New York didn't step in and say, we need to look at this? Why didn't? Well, because nobody can challenge any flag or any play in, in overtime unless it's the referees. So how come the did. referees – no, they didn't. They reviewed it. They reviewed it, and then the call stood. Wow. They reviewed it. I didn't know that. I was so caught up in the moment, I, I just moved on. To, but what a what a bad deal there. Ugh, poor Saints. Terrible. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Terrible. I mean, I thought they, they shouldn't have been in that position, right? I mean, Bree, Breeze was terrible. But so so Lattimore was on, on the sidelines, and, and that – was I can't believe missing one D back can destroy a team, but that that bomb to yeah that that pretty much ended the game. Well, the Saints are super thin at defensive back. They traded mid season for Eli Apple, who is okay. He's a good player, but I mean they really needed defensive backs. They're super thin there, and. uh and Marshawn Lattimore, I don't think good all game. He was getting burned. Yes, he was. Getting Every play. And he, he was behind cover he was behind the coverage. I mean, in front of the coverage, not in front. He was behind the coverage. It seemed like almost every other play. He's trying to catch up to the receiver. It was just terrible. I, I don't know if they're in the wrong coverage or he didn't look like he was hustling. I don't know. I saw him get burned like every other play. And then when he came out though, it was even worse. So, you know who you know who I feel the worst for is uh Taysom Hill. That guy was a monster. And then they they wrecked that wonderful drive he was personally responsible for. Uh he rushed like a monster. Number 7, Taysom Hill. Yeah, he's built like a Taysom Hill. Oh yeah. Isn't he great? What? Oh, he was so fun to watch. I has, I had not, I wasn't aware of this guy. I'd never really. He's a quarterback. He's a quarterback. He's a wide receiver. He's a fullback. Uh, special teams. Uh, where do you need me, wow. coach? You need me to play center? Jeez. Put me in. Yeah, yeah that, it, that it, was, it, it's great. That, that was sad to see him uh, not be rewarded for playing such a great game. You know, that was kind of a one-man wrecking machine. But what happened was uh, what the, that was the, the, the fumble. That was the drive they were driving, and there was six minutes left, I think. Yep. And and, yep. and Breeze. Oh, he's got no one to blame but himself, man. That yep. Yeah. Well, it was a hell of a defensive yep. play, you know. And his uh, his offensive line was not doing a great job either. They were coming at him. I mean, you would think an offensive lineman in a game like this can can put a little, you know, give a little jam. Even though I'm only 190, 195 pounds. I, I feel like a 300 pound lineman coming at me, I can get underneath my weight 
and I can hit them and I can jam them. And I, I, even me, I feel like I could jam you up for about a, two seconds. You know, it looked like they were just running right by the dudes. Yeah, you know, New Orleans defense, they did not look good. The play calling for the defense was sketchy. I, I don't even know. I don't even know if they blitzed the whole game. It seemed like they never even blitzed. It was just this weird, just weird phenomenon that was going on. Everything was just going wrong for the New Orleans Saints from the opening drive when they intercepted the ball and they held them to a field goal from the very beginning. It just went downhill from there. I mean, they they just yeah. stunk up the bed. Tough, tough loss, man. Real tough loss. I, I would have, I would have uh, thought they were going to go all the way to the Super Bowl. I really, I didn't put money on it, but that, I'm glad. <laughs> I, I think everybody did. So, congratulations, Minnesota yeah. Vikings. Moving on, the last game was the Seattle Seahawks and the Eagles. Carson Wentz gets a concussion and goes out, and that was the whole game right there. It was yeah. boring. So, yeah, one play. And guy number fourteen got the huge bomb, and uh, yeah, it, uh, admirable effort, uh, a, a valiant effort by a depleted team. But they, the the whole team was even the quarterback, the running backs, the wide receivers. I mean, the, the offensive line. There was nothing there. What was pitiful to me was the last play of the game was absolutely just pitiful. Josh McCown, a journeyman quarterback, he's 41 years old. Um, it's fourth down, and you get sacked. Oh, come on. At least just throw it in the air. You, you, are you telling me you got sacked so fast that you couldn't even get the ball thrown in the air? I don't care who you throw it to. Just throw it up. Throw it yeah. up. Let get let, may, maybe you get lucky, but don't take a sack on fourth down on the last play of the game in the playoffs. The, anu- the announcers, the announcers said at the time, if he would have gotten out of the pocket, it was daylight the entire way to the end zone. Really? Daylight. Yeah, they said it was wide open. There was nobody in sight. All he had to do was get out of that pocket. Yeah, so, you know, and at the end of the day, McCown is 40. So they also talked about when he was in high school, that's what he would do. And when he was in college, he'd get out of the pocket and he'd run it. That was his thing. That's what made him so good. And but when you're 40, you lose a little speed. You just don't have that quickness like you did back in the day. Uh, You know, um, terrible game. Seattle looked like shit and Philadelphia looked like shit. Philadelphia's defense looked better than looked better than than Seattle's. Boring game. It was a snooze fest. I could not believe that even Russell Wilson was having a terrible day. I thought he was going to have a field day against Philadelphia and boy was I wrong. One big play to DK well, congratulations, Metcalf. Congratulations Russell Wilson. Congratulations to Seattle and Russell Wilson moving on to the next round. So, uh, so that kind of concludes this last weekend. Uh, I think we all ended up right around 50%. Uh, if you include the pushes in there. Yeah. So I guess we're, we're, we're tied going into the next round. <laughs> we, we are tied. We are three, four and one, three wins, four losses and one push. We're all tied. 
All right. Well, we don't have a lot of time on this call, so let's jump right in. Okay. okay? All right. Uh, so this coming weekend, we got some big games. Minnesota at yeah. San Fran is number one. Wow, and that line has shifted a lot. The line now has dropped uh, – well, it's went up to seven points, a nice cool seven. Uh, I think it opened at six and a half. And uh, so I guess we can start right off with you, Tim. Uh, the over-under is 44 and a half, and the Vikings plus seven. Okay. So I, I went in, and over the last five games, the average points scored for either team – Minnesota is scoring average 16. San Francisco is averaging 29. Big difference. That's 13-point difference. The line is only seven. They are playing in San Fran. It is tough. You know, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, San Fran is giving up a lot of yards when it comes to the run, and they, in the beginning of the year, they were actually ranked the top in run defense. Uh, Dalvin Cook might have a field day with this. Um, This is a tough one. Uh, But I am going to take San Fran to cover. And I think it's going to be the overs. Yeah. Okay. So I just think that 13 points difference when you're averaging how many points each team scores is a lot. I know that Minnesota just went into New Orleans and handed New Orleans an ass whooping. I don't know that they're going to be able to do that against Garoppolo and and, and company. I, I am gonna I am gonna say final answer. San Fran's going to cover, and I'm going to take the overs because I think that you know it, it could be, you know, like a this high scoring fest like it was with New Orleans. I mean, Minnesota just put up 26 points against New Orleans. I definitely think they can do the same against San Fran. So, San Fran and the overs. All right. I don't hate it. Uh, Jimmy, The other side, uh, San Francisco is not that good as a home favorite. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I wouldn't go that far and say not that good. As a home favorite, they're 5-12-1 and against the spread. Uh under Shanahan, they're three, eight, and one against the spread as a home favorite. Well, that's because the spread all year has been retarded. Has been, and excuse me for using that word, has been uh, not. It's retarded. Is fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're not politically correct on this show, Jason. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, well, I I try to be, and, and I try to show a little respect. Yeah, for the fans, yeah. even all though the we, grew, we grew listening. up saying, you know. <laughs> Our, our generation, we, we grew up saying that word. The lines but, uh, makers were mentally really... challenged. <laughs> yes, all right. yes, yes, yes. All, right, so, yeah, all right, that's fine. I'll go with that. Mentally challenged lines. Um, however, uh, that being said, uh, the Minnesota is 44-19-1 against the spread against non-divisional foes. That's monstrous. That's why I'm taking Minnesota and the points. Seven, I think I, I, San Francisco probably win the game, but I'm going to take the seven points, and I'm going to take the over. I think uh, Dalvin Cook will score two or three touchdowns. Uh, I think Thielen uh, was, was injured last week, but he still managed to play, so he had another week to heal up. 
Uh, I, I could see this game going something like 24-27. And um, San Fran, but I'll take Minnesota and the points is my pick. Okay. Well, I think as soon as the bookies get enough money on Minnesota, the line's going to drop back down to six and a half. So right now, I'll take the seven points with Minnesota, and I'm taking emotions completely out of this equation, and I'm going to take the under 44 and a half. Even though everything in my, in my mind and heart says over, 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 I'm going to say this is going to be a defensive game, and they're going to struggle to put a lot of points up. Is I'm going to go under 44 and a half. I'm going to go Minnesota plus seven. Although as soon as that line drops back to six and a half, um, I'm riding with San Fran. And uh, hopefully it's a seven-point game and I can hit both of them. Um, so my picks are in. Minnesota and the under. All right. We got All right. Next game, next game up, Tennessee Titans and the Ravens. Uh, Ravens are favored by nine points and the over under is 47 and I believe it opened at 47 and a half or 48 Tim where are you at uh well when I wrote my notes down the line was at 46 and a half as far as the overs go Baltimore was at nine <clears throat> here's where I'm at Tennessee at Baltimore there is no way I'm taking Baltimore to cover nine points Tennessee is red hot. So here's a little statistic for you again. 29 points the average team is scoring for both Tennessee and Baltimore. 29 and 29. That's a combined 58. So I'm definitely going the overs here because Baltimore, they have holes and they have weaknesses. And there are a couple of teams that have exposed those holes. And I think once again, Derrick Henry is going to rush for over 100 yards against Baltimore. Count on it. Dude is unstoppable. He has, he has rushed for over 100 yards in five straight games, including 182 yards against the number one ranked defense, the New England Patriots. And Baltimore has a good defense, yes. But Baltimore is ranked, I want to say, fourth right now. So you can count on Henry having a big day. I think Tannehill is going to do his job yet again. I can honestly see this being a surprise loss and Tennessee winning outright. I can see it. I know you guys might think that I'm crazy, but the Tennessee Titans are red hot. There's, I, uh, so I'm taking Tennessee in the points, and I'm definitely taking the overs. So this is going okay. to be, in my opinion, the game of the weekend to be, to be watching. I think the other three are going to be fantastic, but the Tennessee-Baltimore game is the game to watch. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of with you, Tim, but uh, let's see where Jimmy's Well, at. I'm with, I'm with you on the over. I definitely think the, the over is going to come. Uh, Titans have allowed big gains to running quarterbacks, and uh, Lamar Jackson is going to light them up. Mark Ingram is rested after a pair of uh, weeks off. I don't think Tennessee can stay within a TD. I, I don't think I – th I think Baltimore blows them out. I think Cannon Hill is going to come back to earth. And I, I believe right now that Baltimore is scheming wildly to, to figure out how to, to – if they can stop Henry, then, then it becomes 
up to Tannenhill to carry the team, and I don't think he's up for it. He's good when Henry's good, but if they can stop Henry, and I think they will, I think Tannenhill will become the journeyman quarterback that he always has been. Well, here's the thing. On paper, you can stop Derrick Henry. You can put a coverage in place that is going to stop Derrick Henry, but then in real life, when those guys are in position to tackle Derrick Henry and he stiff arms one guy and he just runs over the other one, how do you stop that? You, you nope. don't. So I, I'm with Tim on this one. Uh, I am going to also take the over and I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans plus nine. This could be an upset, but I think this is my per- one of my perfect situations to tease it both ways. I'll tease Tennessee with the over, and I'll take over 40 with Tennessee plus 16 on a seven-point teaser, and then I'll tease it the other way. I'll take Baltimore minus two with the over of 40, and uh, I'll, try to hit them. I'll try to hit them on both sides. But for our little competition here, I will take Tennessee plus nine, and I will take the over of 47. Uh, Jimmy, I must say, a little bit perplexed as to what you just said there. You just made a statement that Baltimore was going to walk over Tennessee. That's a pretty bold statement for a red hot Tennessee team right now. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not judging you in any way, shape or form. Just a really bold statement. Um, Man, I I don't know. I actually see this going the other way. I don't know what you're looking at, but I, I honestly see Tennessee has a, a slight chance of beating Baltimore in Baltimore. I see it well, going the other way around on yeah, this one. I, I, I just see um, Ryan Tannehill just being who he is, and, and he will flunk this test. He'll drop two picks, and Baltimore will easily cover probably two touchdowns. You, I, I, I think he's with 15 points, but uh, Baltimore is unbelievable. Well, I think Vrabel, Vrabel's not going. Uh, he's not going to give Tannehill that many throws. Tannehill only threw it 15 times last game, and uh, this game is going to be the same thing. They're going to run, run, screen, run, screen, and they're going to try to stay on the field, and they're going to try to keep Lamar Jackson off the field. So, if they can do that, if they can control the clock, who knows? But uh, we'll see uh, what happens, I guess, on Saturday. It's going to be a good game. Excuse me. My mouth is watering. Uh, sorry to interrupt again. you, Jimmy. 35-35. Or 35-20. 35-20, something like that. 35-21. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's that's what I'm – All right, moving forward. Yep. Nice one. Good luck. This, the Sunday games I'm really looking forward to. Uh, the Houston Texans, who have beat the Kansas City Chiefs earlier in the year against the Chiefs, and so which is why I don't know why this line is so high. Nine and a half points they're expecting Houston Texans yep. to cover. And the, and the over-under has went way up. It was at 48. Now it's all the way up to 51. Wow. Yeah, it's soared, soared up. Wow. And if you look historically – Actually, I probably shouldn't tell you guys this before you make your picks, but historically against the spread, Kansas City has not done very well. Especially they have not done well on hitting that over. 
the overs all year with Kansas City have been inflated, and they almost never hit. If you look, historically at least this year, the overs have not been hitting with Kansas City. Only a couple of times. So I don't have the exact figures in front of me, but I don't like to always stare at statistics, especially for playoff games, because really, in my opinion, old bets are off when it comes to the playoffs. New schemes, trick plays, you know, old bets are off. They're pulling everything they got out of the playbooks. So we'll see. Tim, where do you stand on this game? Houston Texans, Kansas City. You know, uh, I, you know I agree with you. Um, I think whenever these guys are setting these lines when it comes to the overs, they're, I, I think that they do a lot of comparing from year to year. And when you take last year, uh, uh, you, Patrick Mahomes – through for 50 and I think he had two or three rushing touchdowns last year this year he was 50 percent of his numbers which is a huge shock to those overlines this is a tough one um you know it giving up nine and a half points in playoffs is a lot uh Houston in my opinion did not look good I think Kansas City is going to win. I just don't know if they're going to be able to do it by 10 or more points. So I'm going to take Houston and the points, and I'm going to go with the unders. I see this being a 23-20 to 20 game, just like uh, Buffalo played against Houston. I don't think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. I don't see it being a, a 30-20 to 20 or a 31 to 21. I don't see it being anything like that. Uh, so I'm going to take Houston and the points and I'm going to go with the unders. Um, the average points each team has scored is 21 for Houston and 29 for Kansas city. So that's an eight point swing. So give me the extra two points. All right, Jimmy. So where do you stand on this uh, Houston Texans, Kansas city? I see JJ Watt making a lot of problems. Uh, he is really rounding into form. Um, Will Fuller is going to stretch the field. And Andy Reid, and no offense to our moron friends out there, is a moron. And he's 2-5 and five against the spread. So they'll be lucky. Kansas City will be lucky to win. We get 9.5 points. Houston all day. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson is very inspirational. And he is a playmaker. And now he's got two guys to throw to this is going to be a good game um i see it high scoring just like the the, the line makers see it um i, I could see a houston upset or um a, i think it's gonna be a, a, the game of the week the game of the week and i've got the over and i got houston okay and did i hear you just throw andy reed under the bus one of the greatest coaches in the nfl uh he's on a two and five against the spread playoff slide so yeah wow. you did wow Okay. He's cover. All right. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Houston uh, covers. They got no problem playing on the road. And uh, I believe that I believe that record is skewed with uh, Donovan McNabb going to the playoffs. Um, but but hey, that's okay. I think Andy Reid is one of the greatest coaches in the NFL. Right. Yeah, right up until he gets um, to but, the playoffs. But we'll see. We'll see. I I believe. Kansas City whoops the Texans, but nine and a half points is too much. I got to stick with you guys. I'm going to take the nine and a half points, and it's uncomfortable, really uncomfortable, but I'm sticking with the under with Tim, under 51. 
nine and a half <laughs> points, Houston Texans. My picks are in. Last game is Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers. Tim, what's your take on this? This the spread is Green Bay uh favored by four points and the over under is 46 and a half. Yep. <clears throat> Seattle has not, in my opinion, looked good few games, even in the regular season. I don't know what's going on with them, man. They were hot. And now they just seem like they can't get their their game going. Well, half their team is injured, and their whole team and their team was built around that run game. Richard Penny and uh, and Chris Carson. You, you lose your top two running backs that you basically built that entire offense around. And what do you expect? I mean, not to mention all the other injuries that they've had to uh, endure over, over the season. Um, and that's almost a story every year with Seattle. Maybe you have to take a look at, you know, the training or the stretching or some of the things that they do, you know, to get ready for the games. But, uh, man, they, they get banged up every single year well, and where they had to go sign beast mode and, and uh, move guys up. And next man up mentality is very true in Seattle. But, um Anyways, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Tim. What, what are your? <clears throat> That's okay. But okay, here's my thing, man. You utilized Travis Homer last week, and the guy did an amazing job. And then this week, the guy only gets two or three touches. What happened? How come? How come you took Travis Homer out of the game when he just proved to you a week ago that he could do something? I, you make. Well, I think he barely knows. I think he barely knows the playbook. He's a he's a rookie. He hasn't had a lot of playing time. They probably have a very limited playbook with him and, and, and with Marshawn. So I think that's part of what you're seeing. Okay. But, well, okay. Okay. So take the running back out of the game. Russell Wilson isn't on point like he has been. He's been a little bit off. Him and Tyler Lockett aren't connecting like they are. Uh, DK Metcalf is an absolute animal. Uh, you know, I don't know, man. They're just Seattle is, they're just off. Green Bay is hot. Even though they almost lost to Minnesota, I say I'm taking Green Bay here and I'm going to take the unders because I don't think that Seattle is going to be able to put up some big numbers when they go into Green Bay. So I see this being a little bit of a blowout, maybe not quite blowout status. I'm going to say 28 17. Green Bay, the twenty-eight seventeen. Yep, that's that's the unders. Green Bay and the unders. Okay, Green Bay and the unders. Now, Green Bay, who finished thirteen and three, and you said they've been playing well. I think that is the most ugly thirteen and three I've ever seen of a team ever. They're ten and six. No, that's against the spread. He meant he meant record wise. Yeah, their the, the record this season, uh, they, they ended up finishing 13-3. and three. Oh. And if you look at their record, you think, wow, powerhouse. But uh, I think that's the most ugly 13-3 and three I've ever seen a team complete in a season. Um, they have looked terrible all year, and they've barely squeaked through a lot of these games. Aaron Rodgers has been overthrowing balls, underthrowing balls. He has not been himself. The defense and the running game has carried that Packers team. So, really, this game could go either way. 
Green Bay has faced the same struggles that Seahawks have have been facing with inconsistency and and uh, and whatnot. This this is a good grudge match game. It really is, and it could go either way. But uh, Jimmy, where do you stand on it? It's a boring game of the week. Seattle shouldn't be there. They're too beat up. <laughs> they're just too beat up, and they're not going to score much. And Green Bay will win uh, and cover the spread. And it will be the under. Uh, I have to agree with you, though. Green Bay does look weird. The little I've seen of them, they just don't look like they're clicking. But I, I see them clicking in at home against Seattle. Seattle's just too beat up. Too beat up. All right. So you're taking Green Bay covering, and you're taking the under. Green Bay and the under. I think we're all in lockstep <laughs> on that one. Nope. Not me. I, oh. I had a feeling. I, I felt it coming, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm taking emotion out of the equation here. I am taking the under, but I'm taking the plus four with Seattle. If you guys remember, Green Bay just barely beat the Detroit Lions in week 17. And uh, they won that game by three points. All right, the Detroit Lions, they're not the Seattle Seahawks by no means. They're the Detroit Lions with a rookie quarterback that I never heard of until this year. And they barely beat them by three points. In a a meaningless game. It wasn't meaningless, actually. No, it wasn't. Or no, it, it was not a meaningless game. They needed that for home field advantage. Right. So they tried to win that game, and Aaron Rodgers played, and they fought all the way to the end, and they, it was an amazing comeback. And I believe that's going to be the same thing against Seattle is you're going to see Aaron Rodgers with the ball in his hand, down by seven. They're going to come back and tie it, could go into overt- overtime, and then it's a three-point game. That's how I see this game uh, playing out. And it could go either way. I think it could go Seattle wins by three or Green Bay wins by three. But it's going to come down to some big referee calls, who gets the calls, who doesn't, and it's going to come down to turnovers, just like that Minnesota-New Orleans game. Turnovers and big calls from the refs is going to decide this game. It's going to be a three-point game when it comes right down to it. So even though emotionally – I really want to take the Green Bay Packers. I think this is a great game for me to hit both sides, take the money line on the Packers and take the plus four with the Seattle and, uh, and see how it goes because the money line is only minus 200. But I am taking the under, and I'm taking the four points with Seattle. Really, really, really surprised to hear you say that. Yeah, bold, very bold. I, I, it, it, it is. You know, with all the injuries, I think injuries are the the, the story of the game. And uh, you guys really uh, very clearly pointed out, you know, that the the two running backs they do have are unfamiliar with the, the playbook. Uh, and Green, so, Green Bay's defense is one of the top-rated defenses in the NFL this year. And then we got the weather. I don't know what the weather's going to be, but it's not going to be a nice day. Not going to be a nice day to be throwing the ball to anybody. But, uh, as long as you have, as long as you have Russell Wilson on the field, behind center, 
you have a chance in any game against any team. I don't care what you say. I don't care how many injuries you have. And that Seattle defense, Clowney and Earl Thomas, and they have some beasts on that defensive side of the ball. And if they put some pressure on Aaron Rodgers and if they can tighten up that run game, you know, Aaron Jones, he's been playing good, but he's been inconsistent. I believe uh, I believe it could be a hell of a game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson, it doesn't get any better than that. This is going to be a three-point game, fellas. Mark my Awesome. Words. Good, good nope. analysis there. I, I disagree with you, but uh, good for you to take the, take the risk. <laughs> I, uh, I uh, highly disagree with you. Well, that's the whole reason why Seattle's probably going to win this game. Everybody thinks Green Bay is going Man, to win. Man, you sure are confident. Yeah. Well, no, I, I'm not confident. That game, I, I, I totally feel that game could go either way. But I'm taking my emotions out of the equation. And mathematically, if they're going to give me four points with Seattle, I'm taking it. If it was two and a half points, I would say Green Bay minus two and a half. But Seattle plus four, I'm taking it because this is going to be a three-point game. No way. So. No way. You're, you're, right, we'll you're way off base on this one. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, that's all I got, guys. We can we can bring this call to an end. Tim, you got anything else to add? Uh, <clears throat> no, I don't. I don't really have anything else to add. I do want – yes, I do. I have one thing to say. Jason, when you and I talked about Miami and New England, I made a bold prediction that they were going to win outright, and it came true. I made a bold prediction outright that Tennessee was going to beat New England, and I was right. And here I am saying again, Tennessee and Baltimore. I'm not very, very confident about this. I have a little confidence about this. I think Tennessee can beat Baltimore. I really do. Okay. So bold prediction of the weekend. I, I'm, well, I, I, I'm saying Tennessee I wins. I agree with you. I, I agree with you that they definitely have a chance to win. I think it's going to come down to turnovers. If if Lamar Jackson turns the ball over, which he has not done very much this year, but you always there's always that game, there's always that situation that you get hit from behind and you don't see the cover, you know, the pressure coming from behind, and all of a sudden you cough up the ball and it's six points going back the other way. Those things you don't see them coming, and they this happen in football games. So whoever turns the ball over. And it could be Tannehill, it could be Jackson, uh, but uh, whoever turns the ball over in this game is going to lose this game. Yep, and I just want to remind you of one statistic. Ryan Tannehill has the highest passer rating this season of all the starting quarterbacks, and he started mid. He started when they were two and four. So just keep that in okay. mind. I'll, okay, I'll count. I wonder how those because... two two pick sixes or not pick six two interceptions will will lower that uh, stat. He's going to throw two, two INTs when they, when they figure out how to stop Henry. And I believe they will. And it becomes the, t- the Hill test. I don't think he's going to pass. Well, the here's test. the thing, guys. Here's the thing right here. If Aaron Rodgers had Derrick Henry win the rushing title in Green Bay, I guarantee his passer rating would be over 117 over Ryan Tannehill's. If who else Russell Wilson 
if he still had his running back team, his duo in there, his passer rating would be higher. If uh, if you stick Derrick Henry uh, behind center, okay, well, let's take the offensive line with it. Let's take Tennessee's offensive line and Derrick Henry and put them in Miami. I believe Fitzmagic is going to have 117 rust, uh, passer rating, and he's not going to be throwing the ball as many times downfield. So that little dynamic there, I believe, changes the price of poker. A lot. <laughs> yeah, well, it should be I, a great I, game. It could be the game of the week, but I honestly, I, I, uh, I have a lot of confidence in uh, that uh, the 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 offense of of the Ravens opening it up. Yeah, I think the game of the of the of the day could be on Saturday. I, I believe the Vikings 49ers game, that's going to be the game of the day. Although, I mean, all these games should be incredible. There, there's no reason why all four of those games are not going to be incredible. But uh, we'll see this weekend, guys. Jimmy, you got anything to add? No, no. Good call, guys. Uh, I got some gambling to do. So uh, I'll let you go and, uh, and uh, have a good day up there in Alaska, Tim. I'm actually in California right now, Bub. Oh, sweet, sweet. No wonder you said yeah, it was nine. Soak up that sunshine. Soak up the sunshine if there's any. And, Jimmy, uh, good call. I'll talk to you guys in a few days. Good luck this weekend. Have Later, a great guys. day. Good luck in Vegas, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. You.